together again Just praising the Lord We're together again In one accord Something good is going to happen Something good is in store We're together again Just praising the Lord We're together again Just praising the Lord We're together again In one accord Something good is going to happen Something good is in store We're together again Just praising the Lord We're together again Just praising the Lord We're together again In one accord Something good is going Something good is in store We're together again Just praising the Lord We're together again Oh, just praising the Lord We're together again In one accord Something good is going Something good is in store We're together again Just praising the Lord Oh, we've got the power In the name of Jesus We've got the power In the name of the Lord Though Satan rages cannot be defeated we've got the power in the name of the Lord oh give me your hand and let's agree together and all of our enemies will crumble at our feet for whatever we bind on earth We'll be bound in heaven And at the name of Jesus Satan has to flee Oh, we've got the power In the name of Jesus And we've got the power In the name of the Lord Though Satan rages cannot be defeated we've got the power in the name of the Lord for many years now Satan's tried to stop us but the bride of Jesus is still alive like a mighty army Keep marching onward We 
battle Cause the Lord's on her side Oh, we've got the power In the name of Jesus We've got the power The name of the Lord Though Satan rages We cannot be defeated We've got the power In the name of the Lord Oh, we've got the power In the name of Jesus We've got the power In the name of the Lord Though Satan rages We cannot be defeated We've got the power In the name of the Lord Amen It's good to see everyone in the house of the Lord this evening Always wonderful to come midweek Break up the week and help us through the week. Amen. Let's try that man from Galilee. <clears throat> In a manger long ago, I know it's really so. A babe was born to save men from their sin. Oh, John saw him on the shore. The Lamb forevermore Oh, the Christ, the crucified of Calvary Oh, I love that man from Galilee For he's done so very much for me He's forgiven all my sins Place the Holy Ghost within. Oh, I love that man from Galilee. The publican went to pray in the temple there one day. He cried, oh, Lord, be merciful to me. He was forgiven of every sin. And a deep peace came within He said, come and see this man from Galilee Oh, I love that man from Galilee For he's done so very much for me He's forgiven all my sins And placed the Holy Ghost within Oh, I love that man from Galilee. The lame was made to walk. The dumb was made to talk. Was spoken with love upon the sea. The blind was made to see. I know it could only be. The mercy of that man from Galilee Oh, I love that man from Galilee For he's done so very much for me He's forgiven all my sins 
place the Holy Ghost within. Oh, I love that man from Galilee. Oh, I love that man from Galilee. For he's done so very much for me. He's forgiven all my sins. Place the Holy Ghost within. Oh, I love that man from Galilee. Amen. Have the brothers come receive the evening offering at this time. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. 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 And baptize everyone. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. And baptize everyone. They were in an upper chamber. They were all with one accord. When the Holy Ghost descended, as was promised by the Baptize everyone. Yes, the power from heaven descended with the sound of rush. Came down upon them as the Lord said he would say. Yes, Lord. Baptize everyone. 
old songs. Can't you see why I'm so happy? Oh, can't you see why I'm so happy? Oh, I've accepted the word of the Lord, the revealed word that was spoken by the prophet of
touched him in his back. Amen. Also want to thank the Lord for what he did for Sister Pauline. We saw the post on Facebook yesterday, how much better she was doing. Let's give the Lord a praise offering for that. Amen. God still does big things. Amen. We always want to hold our pastor up in prayer. I spoke to him yesterday and he's doing pretty good at his schedule um not really using the walker at all so um god's really strengthening our pastor and i'm very thankful for that amen we knew he would but it's wonderful to see the manifestation of it amen we always all the ones who can't be here and want to be here we know god knows the desire of their heart and one day god will bring them back in the house of the lord with us we believe that um amen brother isaac if you don't mind, would you come take us to the Lord in prayer this evening? Anybody have an unspoken prayer request? So good to have Brother Dwayne and the family with us this evening. Amen. Looking forward to the word of the Lord tonight. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything. As we were singing, this is the desire of our hearts, O oh God. To create a clean heart in us so that we shall not be cast away from thy presence, O God. And you know if there is anything that makes the devil mad is to see that holy consecrated life in us, O God. The devil is never scared of how much we can shout, how much we can dwell in demonstration, O oh God. But the devil is more afraid of us becoming more like you. And that's the reason why we came here this evening, is to hear from you. Because the more we hear your word, O oh God, we become like, like the word itself, Father. That's why help us, O oh God. Help us to understand the word. May you help your servant that will stand behind the pulpit, our brother Wade, O oh, uh, Dwayne, O oh God. 
may you help him so that you can remove him from the way and you can use him to talk to us rebuke us where it's needed oh god correct us where it's needed oh god because you are our father you know what we need better than us that's why when the word will be coming forth if there was any sick person among us oh god by the authority of the word may them be healed oh god because it is said i have sent forth my word and my word have healed them and and if true this is your word which we believe it is may the disease depart among us all the prayer requests mentioned may we have solution we thank you in everything we surrender ourselves into your hand may your spirit cover all of us in this building and whoever is streaming oh god may your spirit go wherever they are so that we can be in one accord waiting upon you bless our pastor and we thank you for what you're doing in his life for the quick recovery oh god we thank you for that because the saints prayed and when we see the manifestation of that we cannot say anything else but to just say thank you lord because you have proven once more again that you are alive among us we thank you in everything we have prayed with faith believing that you have done beyond everything that we could imagine for we have prayed in jesus name amen Pledge allegiance to the Lamb. I believe that's the key of F. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb with all my strength, with all I am. I will seek to honor His command. I pledge allegiance to the land. Oh, I pledge allegiance to the land with all my strength, with all I am. I will seek to honor his command. I Brother Dwayne comes out. I pledge allegiance to the land with all my strength, with all I am. I will seek to honor. 
privilege to be here tonight and to stand in front of the, the blood-bought purchased of Christ. You know, I was thinking about that the other day, maybe a little bit too much in the monitors. Um, I was standing before the congregation there at the church, and it just hit me. You know, the, the blood of Christ is so valuable. But what was more valuable was what he purchased by his blood. You go to the store and you make a choice whether or not you're going to keep the money that you've earned or spend the money for, for something, Brother Jimmy. And when you walk in and you take your, your money and you hand it to them in trade, that means that you valued what you purchased more than the price. And he valued you. And he valued me more than his own blood, more than his own life. How unworthy in this flesh, this human. I was sitting back there and, and, and listened to the songs being sung, listened to the prayer being prayed. Just a wave of emotion came over me of the magnitude of my humanity and how lost I would be without him. And to come out here and stand in front of the bride of Christ, it really humbles me. And, and it, I mean, I, I, was getting, I was getting nervous sitting back there just thinking about that because I'm, I'm, I'm nobody without Christ. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just flesh. And, uh, and I, don't, I can't trust in my own ability. I don't have an ability. You know, all I want to be able to do is be a vessel. And if he can use my vessel, because I don't have an ability for him to use, if he can use my vessel, then that's all I want him to do. But that should be the desire of each one of us this evening, for him to use our vessel. Amen. That'll be all of the music. I, I appreciate it so much. I'll try to get right into the, to the word this evening. I understand this being a, a weeknight, and sometimes I have difficulty with uh, time management. Um, it's funny, I don't have difficulty with time management when I'm at work, but <laughs> when, I, when, when you start talking about the goodness of God, sometimes it's difficult, but I will, I will truly try to be mindful. If they'll keep that up there in front of me, that, and I'll, maybe I'll put my, my phone out here 
Um, but we just we just want to uh, we greet you in the the name of the Lord and and are so thankful for the the privilege that we have to stand before you this evening, uh, brother Nate Green. He said to please greet the church on his behalf, and uh, so I I, have, I told him I would, so I've done that. If you would like to turn with me to the book of Psalm one o three, and um, as I as one of the brothers at church, he said, "Y'all have already prayed, and I've already prayed back there, and uh, so we're going to go right into the word." Psalm one hundred three, starting with verse one through five, reads like this: It says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul." And forget not all his benefits. Hang on to that part. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. My. Some benefits right here. Who crowneth thee with with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfied thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. That's some pretty good benefits. You say that's, that's a good benefit package to have. Over in the, the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, and verse 24. Let me read one verse, and I'll let you be seated. It says, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. You can have your seats. Pray that the Lord would just add blessing to the reading of his word this evening. This morning I woke up and, um, you know, I... Been, been studying the, the past several days, and uh, so I, I went to sleep last night thinking about the service this evening, and, and you know, my things are just rolling over and over in, in my head, and, and trying to, to get the direction and the focus for, for service, and uh, during the night I had a dream, and um, I, don't, I don't dream very often. And sometimes I'll, I know that I have, I've dreamed, but I can't remember what I dreamed. But this morning when I woke up, I, I was relating it to, to Heather. I, I told her I, I had a dream last night of my former pastor, Brother Dan Daisley. Now, many of you didn't know him. I know Brother Brian knew Brother Dan, and, and a few others have, have known Brother Dan. There was a song that Brother Dan loved to sing. He would play it. Well, in the dream, I was leading worship, and Brother Dan was over at the piano. And I, I walked over to him, and I, I asked him, I said, would you sing for us tonight? And he said, well, certainly. And so I helped him get the microphones together and got them in front of him. And he started singing the song, the, the words of the song. It says, I remember the time, I remember the place. Where Jesus sweetly came in. 
how he took away my burdens that I'd felt so long since I first had a vision of him. The chorus of it is, don't lose your vision of Jesus. Keep your eyes ever on him. Many friends and dear loved ones have lost their way. Don't lose your vision of him. I woke up after having the dream, and um, I was like, well, I, I knew that that was confirmation of what, what I'd been studying and what I, the, the direction I, I felt. And so my, I would, I, if I title my thought this evening, and we'll try to keep it just a simple thought, don't forget to remember. Don't forget. I think sometimes... When people walk through the church doors and they come into church, they get a momentary spiritual amnesia. And they forget why they're even in church. Because their mind isn't here. And I'm talking from experience. I know this maybe doesn't apply. This portion doesn't apply to y'all. This, is, this is, applies to me, preaching to myself. I have walked into church before and my mind be completely somewhere else. And what have I done? I, I completely forgot the purpose of being in, ser- in church and in service. And the reason that we come is to worship. The reason that we come is to offer our love and our adoration to Him because of all of the benefits that he has done for us. The thing, you know, if, at work we have a benefit package. We have a benefit plan for those that are employed with us. Pretty decent one in my opinion. You know, now there are other places that are much bigger companies that can offer a lot better benefit package. But whenever somebody comes in, a new hire, one of the first things they ask me, what's the benefit plan? What's the benefit? They want to know what their benefits are. Well, we've been given benefits. I just read it to you out of the book of Psalms. A list of things that he has... And the thing is, as many times we forget about it. And we don't remind ourselves why I live this life the way I live it. You know, my, my kids, sometimes they'll, they'll say, you know, they'll, they'll ask you a question. They'll say, well, so-and-so, they do something different. Does that mean that they're not a Christian? And so-and-so, they, they do this and they go, does that mean... You know, so their mind is working. They're trying. So what I, what, it, what I have to do is I've got to sit down and show them scripturally why we live the way we live. See, there was, there's a time in, in a child's life that you can just say, do it because I said so. How many kids have heard that? All right, we're all kids. How many of us have heard that at some point in our life? Mama says... Just do it because I said so. Or dad comes in and says, do it because mama said so. (laughs) No, but you do it because I said so. But see, there comes a time in our lives that because I said so is not good enough. We need to know why we live the life we live. And if you have children coming up in your home and you never talk about it, You never open up about it. You never discuss why we believe that there's a prophet sent to us this day. And all they do is just 
hear about it in church, they're not truly learning. It needs to be something that you discuss, that you talk about. You, you, you hear people talk about why I do this and why I do that and why I believe this and why I believe that. And people are not ashamed to tell you why the things that they believe today. And they want you to believe the things that they believe. And they have no problem telling you about those things. Why do we have a problem standing up and, t- and saying, this is why I believe what I believe? Don't forget to remember what God has done for you. Yesterday. How many knows what yesterday was? It was my birthday. No, it was, it was the 4th of July. It was a celebration of America. The birth, they say it's America's birthday. July the 4th, 1776. Well, that's when it was adopted, July the 4th. I think they, I don't know when they actually saw it. Was it second, third, whenever it was. Anyway, they adopted it, July the 4th. They had the Declaration of Independence. How many in here talked about that yesterday? Or did you just talk about, we're going to have hamburgers and hot dogs and a day off from work? But see, how quickly we forget to remember why we even have that celebration. How many men lost their lives? There was 56 men that wrote their names that signed that Declaration of Independence. Those 56 men knew what it meant when they signed their name to that. They they were saying, I'll give my life. I will die for the beliefs and the ideals that we have. And I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to lay down my life. But we don't, we don't, you don't hear that talked about. That I means that's a day of remembrance. July the 4th should be a time that you set your, your kids down and remind them, not just say, I got a day off from work and we're going to grill out. That doesn't help them remember anything. You haven't taught them anything about why we celebrate, why we have a Declaration of Independence, why those people wanted to have a, an opportunity to worship God, a freedom to worship in the way they wanted to worship, rather than being dictated to of how they had to worship. And that was the reason why they wanted their independence, and they were willing to offer their life up so they could have an independence to worship God. See, today, people don't want freedom of wor- freedom to worship, they want freedom from worship. They don't care about worship. They don't care about serving God. But that was what our country was founded on. But you don't hear that. You, the families are not reminding the generations to come of what these dates even mean. It's not, it's not discussed. And I'm, I'm afraid that that's happening around our ranks of the message. That too many times... The only time our children hear anything scriptural and from the Bible and from what Brother Branham spoke is only when they sit in church. And we're, we're, we're losing. We're lo- we, we will lose a generation if we don't take time and don't forget to remind them 
and show them in the word. Why? We do what we do. There's a reason for it. There's scripture behind it. And it's just telling your child, because I said so. And, you know, you, I've heard, heard the saying, Mom, why do, why do we do this? Because that's what we believe. Well, why do we believe that? Well, because that's what our church believes. Well, why does our church believe that? Well, because that's what our pastor teaches. Well, why does our pastor teach that? Because that's what he heard whenever he was... You're just going around in a circle and you've never came back and brought them to the Word and showed them in the Scripture why women shouldn't cut their hair. Why men are supposed to be men. Take them to the Word. Don't just say, well, that's just what we believe. No, there needs to be a furtherance of that because that, just because we believe it, that'll die off. And they won't have any, they will not be fully grounded on anything. They won't have anything to base their life on. If that's all that you're going to, that's, if that's all you're going to do. John Adams was quoted to say, and I'm, I'm still talking about the Declaration of Independence. John Adams was quoted to say, I am well aware of true toil and blood and treasure it will cost us to maintain this declaration and support and defend these states. Yet through all the gloom, I see the rays of ravishing light and glory. I love how they would use words. I can see that the end is worth all the means. And John Adams says, this is our day of deliverance. Well, see, we've been given a much greater deliverance. You know, that was, that was a natural independence and a natural deliverance they were talking about. Thomas Jefferson said, How little do my countrymen know what precious blessings they are in possession of. Now, he's talking about this. What I'm talking about tonight is this. And which no other people on earth enjoy. Thomas Jefferson was talking about the freedoms the independence that they were willing to give their life for. And he was saying that nobody else on earth had that. Well, I'm here tonight to declare that we have been given the true freedom. Christ gave his life for you to have a freedom. It needs to be spoken in your home. It needs to be talked about. It doesn't need to be forgotten. It needs to be declared openly. Tell your kids what God did for them. Don't let it only come from across this pulpit. It needs to come in the house. It needs to be something that's openly discussed and talked about to remind them so they would not forget. In 1965, the message, What is the Attraction on the Mountain? Brother Brown says, Now just think of what he's done for you. You can stop right there. And just take the rest of the evening just to think about what he has done. What he's done for you today. What he's done for you this past week. What he's done for you this past year. Think of what he's done for you. Think that you could be out there in a bar room tonight. You probably would have been in the grave like I should have been outside the mercies of God. What did he do for you? Oh, how could we keep from loving him? Don't make any difference what anybody says. He is first. We should remember. I, I could take 
hours to sit here and, and tell you the different things that God has done for me. Each one of you, given the opportunity, could stand up and take a while just to talk about what God has done for you. But if you don't keep remembering those things, you'll lose it. I don't, I don't want to ever lose the joy and the excitement. I mean, I can, I can sit and talk all day of what God has done for me and my family and watched Him bringing new life into our home. And it's so exciting, and I don't lose the excitement over that. And any chance that I get, I, I'll be talking to people, and I know I, I shared this with you guys right when we first found out that Heather was pregnant with Liam. I mean, I would, I would just tell everybody. Somebody would say, hey, how you doing? I'm like, let me tell you how I'm doing. And I still do it today. Somebody will say, how, how's your day going? And I'll pull out my phone, and I click my phone like that, and I show a picture of Liam. I said, how can my day not be going well? And then they're like, oh, he's so cute. Is that your grandson? I'm like, no, that's my son. And then I have to, it gives me an opportunity to explain and to share what God has done in my life because it's fresh on my memory and I don't want to ever forget. I want it to stay fresh. I want that joy. See, David said one time, he said, Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. It wasn't that he had lost his salvation, but at some point, the joy of it. And see, we forget to talk about the things that God has done, and it, after a while, it, just, it seems like it's just old hat. And we don't really talk about it anymore. But let's not do that. Let's keep it fresh. Keep talking about God's done something for you. Tell somebody about it. Testify of what he's done. Don't just let it, you know, you, you, you make one, one remark about it and that's all. No, God deserves so much more. His marvelous works. That's, that's why I come in and I say, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. He, he has done so much for me. I, the song says he's done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. We have to remember what he has done for us. We, we talk about things that we, that we can remember. We tell our children about events. Why do we tell them? Well, so that it won't be forgotten. Many times the things that we remember, many times the things that we remember very well, unfortunately, are connected with tragedy. Or trauma. You know, I, I, for, for most, well, there's some in here that, that aren't old enough, but I know that you've heard about it. September 11th, 2001. If you were alive and at an age that you had a memory capability, I'm pretty sure you could probably tell me exactly where you were and what you were doing at the moment that you heard that the towers had fallen. I can tell you exactly where I was at. I was sitting in my office at work. I could, if, if that building was still there, I could take you right, right to the place and show you exactly where I was sitting because I remember that. It's embedded into my memory. For those of you that were a little bit older than that, I've heard people talk about the assassination of Kennedy. 
And they'll say the moment that they heard about the assassination of Kennedy, they could tell you exactly where they were and that they would never forget because it has such an impact on their life and the things of, in our country at that moment. And they'll say, I will never forget that. Now, they may not talk about it often, but it was something that was so traumatic that it stuck with them. I, one of the things that sticks with me, 1986, in January 28th, I believe it was, um, was whenever the, the space shuttle Challenger blew up. Well, see, in December of 1985, my family was in Florida, and we were going to go watch the shuttle launch. That was whenever it was scheduled to launch in December. We were down there to go to Disney, and Dad said, the shuttle launch is scheduled. We're going to drive over and, and watch that launch. Then we got news that they were going to postpone it because they had an ice storm in Florida. I don't remember when they had ice storms in Florida, but they did December of 1985, and it was super cold, and we ended up having to go buy coats, and nobody in Florida sells coats because they're not used to it um, at that time anyway. Um, maybe they change now, but um, we were going everywhere trying to find, find a jacket or something to put on because it was cold, and we weren't expecting cold weather. But I remember that. I remember coming back home from our vacation, being in class, and, and being in school, and they said, we're going to watch the shuttle launch. And they, had a, they brought a, one of the rolling carts in there with the little TV on it. And <laughs> y'all are laughing because y'all remember those days too. They got that little cart and they roll it in there and you're like, yay, get to watch TV in school. We don't have TV at home. I get to watch it in school. <laughs> and so they, they roll it in there and they turn it on. And I remember that tragic. It, it, was, just, it, was, it was such a tragedy of watching that take off, and we were all excited because there was a school teacher that was on it and the different things, and, and it goes up, and about 74 seconds into it, I think it was, it explodes. But I remember, I, I could go back, that school is still there, I could take you to my seat in the room that I was sitting at. That's how embedded that memory is in my mind. You know, so there's things that happen in our lives that, you know, momentous occasions, things, marriage. That's something hopefully you don't, you don't forget that you're married and forget what your anniversary date is. Mine's November 22nd. November 22nd, 1968 was whenever Kennedy was, was shot. But see, I, I think of November 22nd because we got married on that day. I don't think about it because of Kennedy. But see, I can remember things about our relationship. Today's July the 5th. 20 years ago, on July the 5th, was the day that I spoke with Brother Mike and asked his permission to court Heather. 20 years ago to this day. I remember that. I met her at church on June the 8th. July the 5th, I, I asked him, could I court her? On August the 23rd, I asked her if she would marry me. And November 22nd, we got married. 
So those, are, those are dates. Those are things that stuck in my head. I will not forget it. At any time, you could ask me that, and I'll, I will be able to tell you those, things, those dates. It's things that I remember, and I don't want to ever forget it. 20 years ago, that happened. But I still talk about it. I still think about it. And I want to be able to always remember. And that's the way it's supposed to be with our spiritual walk. We should not forget the things that God has done. We should not forget the benefits that He has given to us. If you were at work and you, you knew a benefit was supposed to be coming due you, guess what? You're going to go to your boss and you're going to hold out your handbook. Here's our handbook. And you're going to open up on your handbook, whatever page it is, and you're going to say, hey, boss, this says that this is my benefit that I'm due. Pay up. Well, we have that ability tonight. He has given us a whole stack of benefits. But if you don't think about it, and you don't remind yourself by the reading of the word, and you don't remind yourself daily of what God has done for you, then you'll forget it. And then you'll go and you'll be lacking and it's not his fault. Because everything you have need of, he's provided. Unless somebody writes the things down and repeats it, things will be forgotten. If the things that we read in this word had not been written down. See, for years and years, it was only repeated. It was stories that was told. They would remind their children of this and that. And, and the Lord did this and the Lord performed this miracle. And finally, at some point, somebody said, you know what? That's pretty important. I should write that down. They were moved on by the Holy Spirit. To write it down. Why? So it wouldn't get forgotten. And it wouldn't, it, we would be able to have it and hold on to it and know what God did. Because if it had never been written down, and if all it had been done is passed on by word of mouth over and over. Ever, anybody here done the little, the little demonstration that you, you get a group of people and you, you whisper something into one person's ear? And you pass it around the room, and by the time it gets to Brother Elijah over here, and he's got to tell what started over here, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense because it is different because you can't repeat it this, exactly the same every single time. But if it's written down, if I hand a note, and I write the note down, and hand it off over here, and it's passed through everybody, it comes back over here, guess what? The note is going to say the exact same thing. And his word was written down so you would not forget what he said and what he did. The problem is people don't read it. They don't. How do you know they don't read it? You can watch their lives. You, you can see when, some, when, when something happens in their life and you see that they don't turn to this first. They turn to something in the world. The first place we're supposed to turn to is the Word. If you have a question, you go to the Word. You don't, you don't go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or any of those things. You have a question about something, go to the Word. God has an answer in His Word. The problem is, is so many people fail to read His Word. 
or they read it like a newspaper. I read my chapter for the night. And they set it down, and they don't dwell on it. They don't think about it. They don't ask God to reveal it and open it up to them. Let me move on. First Chronicles chapter 16. What time is it? First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11 through 13. It says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Remember His marvelous works that He hath done, His wonders and the judgments of His mouth, O ye seed of Israel, His servants, ye children of Jacob, His chosen ones. We are to remember His marvelous works. In Psalm 40, verse 5, it says, Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Well, I said, it's more than can be numbered. The marvelous works that he has performed just for me. Now, you've got to make it personal if he's done something for you. But I declare to you that his works, the marvelous works that he has done, is far too many to even be numbered tonight. It is important for us to remember the things that God has done. And it's more important for us to talk about it. Tell our kids. Tell the next generation of the miracles that you have witnessed. Because I know within this church, y'all have witnessed numerous miracles. But if you don't, either write it down or forget to tell the next generation, guess what? They'll never know about it. You'll know about it. But what are they going to feed on? What are they going to build on? How is their faith going to be increased if you don't share those things with them and remind them of what God has done in their day. You, got, you, you have to. It's up to us to do it. In Judges 2 and 10, it said, And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. Now, if you study Scripture, when it says gathered unto their fathers, it means they died. So you could read it, and all that generation died. And there arose another generation after them that knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done in Israel. How sad is that? One generation. And we have in, in this room tonight, in some families you may have three generations that are present, three or four generations that are present just in this room tonight. But in one generation, they went from knowing God and His marvelous works to the next generation didn't know God, nor yet the works. Why? Because they weren't talked about. The people failed to pass it on to the next generation. And that was a failure on their part. I don't want my kids not knowing about God. 
I don't want my kids not knowing about an end time prophet to this day. If they're in my house, they're going to hear about it. They're going to hear sermons being preached. They're going to hear the word being preached. They're going to hear the scripture being read. Because I don't want to be guilty like this generation, that one single generation. Think about that. From a father to a son. It went from the father knowing God, knowing his works, to the son not knowing God, nor the works. That's, that's sad. That's, that's a sad state to be in. And if we're not careful, we'll follow that same pattern. If we don't take the time to speak openly in our homes and talk about what God is doing, let our children hear us rejoice in what God is doing. It should not be, it should not be mundane. It should be a joy to talk about what God has done. I read this statement. This is from uh, a former Archbishop of Canterbury. Um, his name was Lord Carey. And he's talking about their church, Catholic church, or church in a whole. He says, as I look at the church today, the most urgent and worrying gap is in young people's work. He said, so many churches have no ministry to young people, and that means they have no interest in the future. As I have repeated many times in the past, we are one generation from extinction. I wonder where he got that from. He got it from the book of Judges. We have to give cogent reasons to young people why the Christian faith is relevant to them. For most of us, our hearts were touched when we were young, and that precious touch we should not hold from our young people. That can apply to each and every one of us today. If we are not taking time to teach our young people the why, because that's the question that Satan will try to come in and place in their mind, well, why? I know we go to church, but why? I know I see the women wear dresses and skirts, but why? I know, you know the, the men dress like men and they don't, they don't have their, their long hair and, and all these things. They don't tattoo themselves all up, but why? But see, that's the question that will, be, that will arise in our kids' minds and our young people's minds. And if you don't have the you, if you don't have the, the word to take them to and show them in the word, then you're losing. You're, you're going to lose that battle because they will keep coming at you. But why? But why? Yeah, I mean, at least my kids have, have used that. And I think whenever I was little, it was, but why? But why? And back then, I, I remember being a, a young child, and I remember that's just do it because I said so. But there came a point in my life that I needed something more than do it because I said so. I realized that I needed a relationship. I needed a relationship with Christ even more so than I needed a relationship with my mom and my dad. I need that relationship. But see, if we don't teach that and we don't get that expressed to our young people at an early age, we will lose them. 
the next generation will come along. And what was the, the scripture said? There was a king that knew not Joseph. Well, the king previous to him knew Joseph. But there arose a king who knew not Joseph. And if we're not careful, there's going to arise a generation that knows not William Branham. That knows not the scripture. Because we forget to remind them. The, the thing is, is we cannot forget to remember. We, we've been given everything. We've got, to, we've got to take the time, spend the time, talk to our family, discuss it with them. It, now, it's, it's not our place. We don't have to make them believe it. But put it in front of them. Remind them. Show them. You can't make somebody believe something. But you can show them scripturally where it's at. And then if they turn their back on that, they're turning their back on the word. They're not turn, don't take it personal that they're turning their back on you. Show them in the word. While we live what we live. If they turn their back on that, that's between them and God. That's not, that's not up to you. You do not have to make them believe it. I think sometimes people think that. They get that in their mind. I've got to, I've got to, they've got to see it the way I see it. They've got to know. I've got to tell them. I've got to make them. No, you don't. Get them to Christ. Get them in front of Christ. And that's what counts. That, he's number one. You, you show them. Live the life in front of them. Ronald Reagan made a statement during his inaugural address in 1967. He said, freedom is a fragile thing, and it's never more than one generation away from extinction. And our spiritual freedom is a fragile thing. And it's never more than just one generation away from being lost if we, if we fail to remember why we live what we live, why we believe what we believe. It's up to us to raise our families with an understanding of why we believe. we got to talk about things openly within our homes. Don't let the Word of God be a stranger in your house. It, it should never be a stranger in your home. Don't let the voice of the prophet be a stranger in your home. I, I've, I have found many times that you're having a day that's a stressful day, Things just seem like it's not going right. And you can come home and you can turn a message on. You can turn the prophet on and you can let that be playing in the house. The demons don't like that. They can't, they can't handle that. And they'll leave you alone for a spell. You know? And you get some reprieve from it. Try it. It works. It works for me. And I don't... I'm, I, I, I think... I, a lot of times I'll go home and we'll turn on different, different messages. If I know that you know, like some of y'all services here, I've turned them on before and let them play in the background. So I've got that little Liam, he, he absolutely loves church. He'd rather, um, he'd rather us turn a church service on, on, on our phone and let him watch that. He's, he's learned how to say hallelujah. And um, he, uh, he'll, he'll, he doesn't do it with the L's, but hallelujah. And he'll, he'll get it, and he'll usually raise his hand, and hallelujah. And uh, I'm like, I love it. I, do, I want to raise him with that understanding that that's what we do. That's the norm in our house is to listen and to have that, those types of, of things playing. 
If that's not the norm, make it the norm. Make a change. Make that the norm. Let church be what you listen to when you're not in church. It's so easy to turn a radio on or these different things on and let those things be playing. But there are so many spirits, even on what's called a Christian radio station or a, the message. That's how, how Satan slips things on. You get, you get on Sirius XM and they have a channel called The Message. Much of what's on The Message is far from our message. And it's, it's most, a lot of it's not even worth, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it on to listen to some of the songs. And as it, something comes across, I'm like, click, I'll turn that right off because the spirit doesn't agree with me. And I don't, I don't want to listen to it. I don't have to listen to it. You can turn that stuff off. Don't, don't let those things just keep playing. It brings spirits into your car. It brings spirits into your home. Don't let that junk in. Because then you've got to fight against it. There's no need to. In, in the book of Psalms, chapter 78, uh, verse 2 through 8. It reads like this. It says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. It's been a commandment. We're supposed to make these things known to our children that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born who should arise and declare them to their children. So it's generation to generation to generation is supposed to be declaring the works of the Lord. That they might, why? That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast in God. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 9, it says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way, when thou, thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. You know, anybody ever, I remember back in the old days, you'd see people, they'd take a little string, they'd tie, tie a little string on their hand, a little finger, something like that. And it was like a reminder. I've got to remember to do such and such. They tied a string on their finger and... But then they forget why they tied a string on their finger. Because they didn't have a note with it. They just tie a string on their finger or tie on their wrist or something. That's going to remind me to do such and such. And then the day goes and they're like, why in the world did I put that string on my finger? But see, in Deuteronomy 6, 8, it says, Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. Thou, they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post 
of thy house and on thy gates. We're, it says, teach them diligently. Talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. The problem is, many times in our own homes, we rarely talk about anything that's scriptural. Again, I'm speaking about me and my house. This may not apply to your house. Many of you, I'm sure, are super spiritual, and all you do is whenever you sit down for supper, you, you get your Bible out, and you, you read a, a scripture, and then you have prayer, and then you eat, and then you discuss that scripture. But I'm going to say like Paul, you know, I am as you are, and you are as I am, you know. Um, I doubt that many of us have that routine in our home, but yet really and truly, we find so many things to talk about when we do talk. See, nowadays, many people are sitting there texting. You ever go to a restaurant, you see an entire family, whether it be three, four, five, seven, however many, and every single one of them is sitting at the table, and what are they doing? Not a single word being, now maybe they're texting each other. I don't know, but not a single word being spoken within any of them because they're consumed with this. I, I've gotten to a point, I've, if I didn't have to have one of these for, for work and my emails and those things, I'd really like to just get rid of it because it, it becomes, it consumes so much of our time and it takes time away when we should be having conversations. I remember whenever I was a child, we didn't have none of this electronics and stuff. When we came home, I've, I'd been in school, and I got home, I did my, my chores and my homework, and when we sat down to have, have dinner, I loved to read. And I was even told at the dinner table, my dad would say, Dwayne, put the book away. We're eating. He didn't want me reading a book while we were eating, because that was our time that we would, dis we would have family discussion. We would talk while we're eating. We were supposed to communicate. And the art of communication has gotten lost in many people's homes, especially when it comes to art of communication about God and about the Word. It's rare. I would say it is very rare that in many homes that anything is ever spoken about Scripture. And it's sad because if we're not careful, the next generation is going to be like the generations it's spoken about in the scripture. And they're not going to know the works that God has done. If you don't tell them, they will not know. If you, if, if you don't tell them that God performed a miracle in your life, they won't know about it. And they'll go, they'll go forth thinking, well, it's just a story. It was just a good story in a book. No, this is so much more than just a story. This is more real than this right here. It's more real than anything that you see in this building. That means everything. Don't forget to remember what God has done. Don't let a day go by 
without some time during that day remembering what God has done for you. Whether, and whether it's something little, something big, and at some point, tell somebody. Testify of what God is doing. That's the only way that it, the word is spread, is by, te- by you expressing what God has done. Job 19, verse 23 and 24. Job said, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. That they were graven with an iron pen and lead in the rock forever. Job did not want his words forgotten. That's how serious it was to him. With an iron pen, he wanted chiseled out. He, he, he wanted to chisel it out. God's word must be chiseled out into our life. It's got to be in our, in our heart, in our mind, in our mouth. It, it's, it's, it's nice to have it in your home, in book form, but it better be in your heart and in your life and coming out through your mouth. That's, what, that's where it's supposed to be. Job was, Job was so concerned that the words he was saying, he did not want it to be forgotten. He's like, they need to be written down in a book. I, I want it written down, but I want it written down in, a, in something that, could, that would be there forever, that would never be forgotten. And that's the way we should be today. If God's done something for you, don't fail to tell it. That's the only way we overcome. I've told you that before. There's an equation to equal overcoming. I love equations because equations work every single time. Mathematics works. So if you have an equation that says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, which is a constant, it ain't changing the second part of that equation is the word of their testimony. Check that out. That's a spoken word. So if you are not speaking what God is doing, you're missing out on being able to be an overcomer. In the, the message, Remembering the Lord, 1963. And we're going to try to wind this up. Um, Brother Brown says... We're going to take the place like Joshua. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We remember what he did to bring this blessing to us. And we cherish cherish it so much that we cannot defile it in any way. It's a treasure of eternal life that we have. And we by no means want to defile ourselves with the things of this world. Not at all. In the book of Joshua, chapter 4, it says, Joshua, this is verse starting at verse 4, Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder. So it wasn't a little pebble. It was a stone for them to have to carry it on their shoulder. It wasn't just a little small rock. It was a stone. Take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. 
that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. You skip down to verse 20, just to save time. It says, And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, So he was repeating to them what God had told him to do. What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. See, there was some that was young children that crossed over the Jordan on a, on, on a dry Jordan. But they were so young, they didn't realize what was going on. But when they, got, when they got a little bit older and they saw these stones, these 12 stones set up, they're like, what's that about? You know, somebody comes in, and they, they look up and they say, what's that about? I've seen, seen that picture in this church ever since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. They come in, well, what's that about? And what do you, if you just sit there and say, well, that's, that's a picture of Brother Branham. Well, what's that about? I mean, why, why, what's, what's important to, to display that? It's, it's so much more than a picture of Brother Branham. And if you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to lose them. Those people reminded their generations. They continued to talk about it. They said, Abraham did this, Abraham did that. That's the way that they knew what had happened in years past. They spoke about it, talked about it. They would remind their children daily, yearly, of the things that happened in times past. They did not want their kids to forget what God has done. And if we're not careful, we are going to allow our next generation to forget what God has done. They'll come in this church and they'll say, that's a neat picture of a, a man and you know, something over, over his head. No. You need to be able to tell them that's the pillar of fire. That's the same pillar of fire that led the children of Israel at night. See, in our day, we had the pillar of fire and a cloud. Israel had a cloud and a pillar of fire to lead them. Well, God has come in our day and given us leadership in the same way that he gave them. But if you don't explain that, they will not understand it. You've got, it's up to us. It's up to us that know and that have experienced these things to remind them and explain it and talk about it and let them know why I believe what I believe. And you pray that God will reveal it to them. God's the only one that can reveal it to them. You can't reveal it to them. He's the only one. But don't 
be guilty of not talking about it and not explaining it of what we believe, why we believe it. And like I said before, don't let it only come across this pulpit. It needs to come from you in your home. They're going to hear all sorts of things outside of your home. And everybody in this world is going to express to them uh, the reasons why they don't need to care about what mom and dad say and what mom and dad do, what mom and dad believe, that you're your own person and you just should do your own thing. That's what this world is going to express to them. But you've got to explain to them in the word why it's important of what I believe, why I go to church, why I dress the way I dress, why I talk the way I talk. I had a gentleman come in my shop the other day, wanted to apply for a job. First, well, he had went and spoke with my vice president, and, and he was taking him around and showing him the, the, the property in the shop and, and talking with him, and he came stopping by, by my office to introduce him to me. And within five minutes, less than five minutes, of, of speaking, probably three minutes of talking with him, I, I, I could tell right quick, I was going to have to nip the language quickly. I mean, I looked at his, his application, and he, he had been in the Navy, but that does not give you an excuse just because I was in the Navy and I'm going to cuss like a sailor. Not around me, you ain't. Not around me. And I, I, I stopped him. I said, listen, before we, before we keep going on, I'm just going to tell you, your choice of vocabulary is not pleasing to me. And is not what I, it's not how I talk. I don't use that language. And quite honestly, I'll tell you exactly, and this is what I told him. I said, I'll tell you what my dad told me when I was just a young teenager. And this guy was in his early to mid-50s. I said, my dad spoke to me. He said, the use of profanity expresses a lack of vocabulary. And he says, I get it. And for the next 10 minutes that we spoke, he didn't use any more language. And I told him, I said, I, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that. I, don't. I said, what you do outside and talking to everybody else, that's your own thing. But when you're around me, that's not the language I use, and I will not accept it. And, and you know, he, 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 got the, he got the message right quick, and, and he, he changed how he's doing. But I wasn't ashamed to tell him that. I knew my position I knew my position where I stood there. I'm the president of the company. I don't have to take it. I don't have to listen to it. I didn't ask you to come in, but I can't ask you to go out. You know? So know who you are in this word. Know your position in Christ. Don't be ashamed to talk about what we believe. Don't be ashamed to display what God has done in our day. Somebody walks in your house and they see something, something like that on the wall. Don't be ashamed. Don't, don't say, well, um, you know, I, don't, I don't really know how to, to explain. No. Have an answer for them. They, they, if they ask a question, they're opening a door for you to witness to them. And you don't have to force feed it to them. But don't be ashamed to talk about what God has done. Don't let it get forgotten. I, I, don't, I don't want to... Uh, I'm not going to be guilty of it. I will not. I will not be guilty of not letting the next generation in my home know what God has done. 
Would you stand with me this evening? We need to let our conversations be about Him. Let our conversations be about His marvelous works. Don't forget to remember what God has done for you. Amen. Do y'all know that little chorus? Don't lose your vision. I don't know what key it's sung in. But. Don't lose your vision of Jesus. Keep your eyes ever on Him. So many friends and dear loved ones have lost their way. They have lost their vision of Him. Oh, don't lose your vision of Jesus. Oh, keep your eyes ever on Him. So many friends and dear loved ones, they have lost their way. Oh, they have lost their vision of Him. God bless you, saints. I pray something was said that would be a help this evening. We certainly love you and appreciate you. Thanks for your attentiveness to the word this evening. God bless you. Man, I appreciate that. I remember that old chorus, but it's been so many years since I've sung it. I didn't have a clue how it went. I try to get songs going while the minister's preaching, but tonight I was paying attention. I didn't get no songs. So <laughs> forgive me. Um, well, it's a fast one, but key of G. <laughs> to me, he's become everything. Amen. Oh, some have made Jesus a game that they play, to others a song that they sing. Oh, but since I've met Jesus, I'm happy to say to me he's become everything. Oh, to me he's become everything. Oh, he's everything that I need. Oh, the beginning, the end, he's life's dearest friend. To me he's become everything. Oh, when I wake up each morning, he's right by my side. At night, he's my last thought in mind. Oh, he's joy for each moment. He's hope that faith brings. To me, he's become everything. Oh, to me, he's become everything. 
tried to tell, tell them, you know, why y'all talk that way around me, and they just keep doing it, and I said, well, y'all just don't respect me at all, I guess, but I guess I just need to start being a little more forceful with them, instead of just walking away, stand up a little bit, and tell them to shut up, <laughs> maybe that'll, maybe that'll help, maybe it won't, maybe I'll get slapped, I don't know, but uh, sometimes we just got to stand up and, and be a man about it, amen. Let's sing that uh, Saved by Grace, key of F. <clears throat> I was alone in the darkness. I could not find my way. And Jesus shined a light on me. And he turned on my night today. Yes, I'm saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. My name is in the book of life and my sins are washed away yes I'm saved by grace oh I've been saved by grace it's not what I deserve but I'm saved by grace oh and when I reach that city and the gates swing open wide I'm going to sing redemption story of how he brought me from the other side. Yes, I'm saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. My name is in the book of life and my sins are washed away. Yes, I'm saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. Not what I deserve, but I'm saved by grace. Oh, and when I reach that city and the gates swing open wide, 
I'm gonna sing redemption story of how he brought me from the other side. Yes, I'm saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. My name is in the book of life and my sins are washed away. Saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. It's not what I deserve, but I'm saved by grace. Oh, yes, I'm saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. My name is in the book of life and my sins washed away. I deserve, but I'm saved by grace. Amen. So thankful for his grace. Don't know where I'd be. Amen. Been good to be in the house of the Lord this evening. Let's hold each other up in prayer. We certainly need each other. Be in prayer for the service on Sunday. I believe, unless I'm mistaken, it's Brother Darrell Ward will be with us. It's been quite a while since he's been here. So looking forward to seeing Brother Darrell and hearing him again. So just be in prayer for that. Um, Lord will come and speak to us one more time. Key of F, I'm going home with Jesus. I'm going home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. I've made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. Well, I may not know the moment. Oh, I may not know the day. But I know that I'll be leaving when he calls his church away. I'm listening for the trumpet to sound most any time. And a crown of life that's waiting, thank God, will soon be mine. Well, I got my invitation through a place called Calvary. By the precious blood of Jesus, the trip's been paid for me. Yes, I'm going home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. I've made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. Well, I may not know the moment, may not know the day. I'll be leaving when he calls his church away. Oh, the captain of the vessel, he's calling, get on board. And the destination's heaven, safe on that crystal shore. Where we'll meet again the Savior and our loved ones who have gone. There to live for all eternity, thank God we're going home. Yes, I'm going home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. Made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. May not know the moment, may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when he calls his church away. Yes, I'm going home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. Made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. Well, I may not know the moment, may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when he calls his church away. He can be dismissed. God bless you.